Welcome to Neos Rewind, a podcast on war and mass violence. This podcast is made by Thijs Bouwknecht and myself, Anne van Maurik. In this first episode, we talked with Kees Ribbens, senior researcher at the Neot Institute for Holocaust and Genocide Studies and endowed professor of popular historical culture and war at Erasmus University, Rotterdam. Um, I wrote a PhD thesis on uh, popular historical culture in uh, the Netherlands, that is in the post-war period from 1945 onwards. And uh, when I started working at NEOPT, uh, which was I think in 2006, I kind of specialized in the memories of uh, the Second World War and the memories of uh, genocides in the 20th and 21st uh, century. And I uh, was appointed as uh, endowed professor of popular historical culture and war at Erasmus University back in 2013, I think. Yes. What attracted you to history? Um, I remember when I was in the last class of the secondary school, it's kind of difficult to make a choice uh, what to study. Uh, history was one of the options. I think Dutch and English were the other ones. And um, I didn't know much else where, where to go. I mean, I hardly had any idea at the time what sociology or psychology were all about, so that wasn't very <laughs> helpful. And history was always very appealing uh, to me. I, I, I remember being in the Boy Scouts, and I also was very interested in the history of the Boy Scout movement. So uh, every now and then I went to the public library uh, in, in Maastricht, uh, the nearest city and uh, checking newspapers from the 1930s and the 1940s to see if there were any news reports about uh, what scouts were doing in those days. It was quite surprising to find out a lot of these things. Uh, but of course, about the war, you couldn't find that much. I mean, the Boy Scouts were forbidden quite soon in April 41, I, I believe. So I was also quite intrigued by what happened uh, during the war, what, what wasn't registered in, in the newspapers. And were you always interested in World War II? Uh, though, to be honest, the Second World War wasn't one of my main interests at, mm. uh, at the time. I mean, um, I studied history in, in Nijmegen from 1985 onwards. Um, and there was, of course, some World War II in the curriculum, curriculum uh, but yeah, actually not that much. It was only after I graduated that I received a request if I wanted to write uh, the history of the, the city of Zwolle uh, during the Second World War, because that was in, in the, the middle of the Netherlands, Zwolle? Yeah, in the, in the middle, or a little bit to, to the east. Um, and, um, well, that, that was just one or two years before uh, the, the, the 50th commemoration of the liberation, so there was an increasing interest in, in the war. And then I had the opportunity of, of diving, uh, delving into the archives for, for almost two years, and that was wonderful. Is it actually just a coincidence that you study such a violent subject? Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, it, it's quite a coincidence. <laughs> yes, it, it was more coincidence than it was my own uh, conscious choice to do uh, so. Uh, but it, well, it, it managed very well to keep me intrigued for, for, what's it now? I think the last two or three decades. Was the war a topic of discussion in the family you grew up in? I mean, uh, it's not that the war was never mentioned, mm -hmm. but it was not mentioned very frequently and uh, wasn't discussed very passionately. I mean, it was one of, of many topics that just passed by. And both my parents were born before the war. Uh, my, my dad's born in 36, my mom's born in 38. Uh, so they did experience the war as a child in a rural part of the country in, in Brabant. But it didn't result in a lot of, of big stories. We have a picture at, at home uh, of, of my uh, father when he was a young boy, like I think five years old. 
Um, and there you can see him sitting on the shoulders of a German soldier. Uh, because my, my uh, grandparents had one of the larger houses in, in the village uh, where they lived, the Altgastel. And there were a number of German soldiers uh, stationed there, uh, because it was also quite, quite close to the Belgian uh, border. And uh, so they actually had, that must have had close contact with a number of German soldiers uh, during the German occupation. Uh, but what I find very interesting about it is there uh, must be thousands of Dutchmen that were in quite close contact with Germans, simply because they were living on the, on the very same roof. And it's something that's hardly visible in our memory of the Second World War. And even if you try to find any literature about that, uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty rare. I mean, if you look at, at the library of the NIOT, we have, of course, a lot of local uh, publications about uh, the Second World War in, in, in Village A or about the war in, in Village B. And sometimes they do come up uh, with, with short mentionings of, of people being housed, the German soldiers being housed there. But yeah, no one, I guess, likes to be re reminded of it. I, I don't really think it's taboo or anything. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it does help to illustrate that there's still stories to be told uh, that we're hardly aware of uh, 75 years after the end of, uh, of the war. I'm very much interested in, in these kind of, of daily stories and also very much in, in how they change over time. I mean, uh, we did experience the war as it happened, uh, but the way we talk about it, the way we have been, been representing and remediating it, uh, is, is, I think, constantly changing all yeah, the time. So, for example, yeah. in uh, newspapers or in mm -hmm. uh, comic books or in films, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. In popular media, yeah. how it's represented in yeah. there. I mean, usually in, in popular media, I mean, the approach is, is different from what academic historians try to do. Uh, it's also very much about entertaining the audience. Uh, it's very much about presenting stories that kind of fit in uh, the time frame. Um, and it therefore probably tells you at least as much uh, about uh, the contemporary audience and the, uh, the frame uh, in, in when it was made than it does tell you about the experiences during the Second World War. And there are of course a lot of examples and, and, and some of them can be compared. I mean, if you talk about comic books, I mean, the earliest comic books about the, uh, the Second World War were already published just a few months after the end of, of the war. Um, and they keep being published till nowadays and okay, comics is definitely not the most popular medium anymore. Uh, but I think it's also interesting to look at the medium like, like video games. I mean, yeah. they also help to make you understand what the war uh, is supposed to mean to uh, generations of, of, of today. Uh, so many decades after the end of the, uh, the war. You deal with the study of comic books and mm -hmm. representation in comic book, which is about images, but also about entertainment, I would say. For, yeah. for me, comic books are, are a form of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, so what, what attracted yeah. you yeah. To, to study this particular type of um, representation or, or storytelling? Well, I, I think at least partially it has to do with, with, with the contrast. I mean, the contrast between uh, comic books and, and the subject of, of war. I mean, comic books, I mean, already the, the term itself, comic, I mean, war by definition is not considered to be something comical. No. Um, and if you, if you look at comics, I mean, they've been described, I mean, one of the other terms that you can use were the, the so-called funnies. Uh, well, once again, war is not really funny, at least it's not the first thing that pops up to your mind when you talk about war and warfare. Um, so I think the contrast is, is quite interesting uh, here. Um, it, it does show on the one hand, I think, that comics do more than just present funny stories for, for children. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, it also helps you to realize that war is not just about warfare, it's not only about the military aspect, it's not only about the political aspects. Uh, if a war uh, takes place and lasts for a number of years, in this case five to six years, 
um, it, 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 it covers all kind of, of emotions, covers all kind of experiences, uh, and, and, and comic and funny experiences uh, as well. It's very uh, tragic and, 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 and truly dramatic experience. Mm -hmm. So I think it is variety, it is combination. Uh, it's therefore also the uh, ambiguity of, of both terms, both comics and uh, war. Just thinking about that, yeah. is there any, actually any type of this material, let's call it mm -hmm. material, produced during the war itself by, by victims, by perpetrators? Is there some work yeah. that you perhaps can talk about? Because and what, was, yeah. what, was, what were the reasons for those people to actually start making illustrations about things they were experiencing, doing, yeah. or, or they were seeing? No, there were definitely uh, comics being made during the war uh, in, in very different circumstances. I mean, uh, I think first of all it was used as, as a means of, of propaganda, uh, in particular... The perpetrators. Well, partially by the perpetrators, but, but mostly by, by, by the Allies. Uh, I mean, there was a huge uh, popularity of, of, of comic books in, in the United States. I mean, the popularity already started in the second half of the 1930s, and the boom continued uh, way into to the 1940s and 1950s. And uh, most of the American uh, comics, definitely after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, were, of course, uh, used to, to motivate uh, the young readers uh, to do whatever they could to contribute to the war efforts of the U.S. Uh, government and, and U.S. Army. If you look at the side of the perpetrators, so we're talking mainly here about the Germans, you can see that they also used a lot of visual material as propaganda material. Uh, Germany had uh, quite a rich tradition of the so-called Bilderbogen, so which is uh, a 19th century use of uh, a number of visual images on, 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 uh, on a sheet, on a broadsheet. And uh, they also made special Kriegsbilderbogen, uh, uh, so special uh, war comics to tell about the heroic deeds of the German Wehrmacht and the German uh, Air Force. Um, what, what, what would this material look like? Can you make a description of what, what would people see? Uh, it, 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 it's quite uh, powerful, I think. I mean, it, 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 from our perspective... Is it black and white? Is it color? No, no, it, it, it's actually in color. I mm -hmm. think that, that helps to make it more and more uh, appealing, to make it more powerful. Uh, it, it's just one sheet of paper. Uh, sometimes they were uh, put together and then you could buy a collection of 30 or 40 of those. Uh, but usually they were uh, distributed separately. You could buy them for just a few uh, pfennig, just a few cents. Um, they, they only contained like, like eight frames. Uh, and it gave a, a rather uh, heroic story about one or more uh, units of the, the German army. How they had uh, managed to conquer uh, well, the, their opponents. I mean, uh, the Dutch army, the Polish army, uh, the Red army uh, and so on. Um, it showed a lot of the, the uh, innovations in, in military techniques. So uh, the Air Force was uh, strongly present, uh, a lot of machine guns were, were used, and of course the general message was that the German uh, uh, military forces were superior, superior to those of their, their uh, enemies. Um, and then it actually didn't matter that much whether the action that was shown uh, took place on the Western Front or the Eastern Front or anywhere uh, else. If you look at them from, from, from uh, the point of view of the early 21st century, yeah, then they look outdated, they look, of course, quite, <laughs> quite static, uh, but that's not uh, surprising. Yeah. Um, but if, if you compare them to, for instance, the, the US comics at the very same time, uh, they also look a little bit less dynamic because, well, they don't uh, present a lot of uh, dialogue. I mean, there's no text balloons in it generally. 
because, I mean, it's not that the Germans were not aware of that. I mean, there are some German comics from the 1920s and 1930s where you see the use of, of, of text balloons, uh, but it wasn't done uh, by the, the German uh, propaganda officers mm. at, uh, at the and, time. And the Japanese, because if you go to Japan, yeah. you see a lot of illustrations everywhere. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. Did they have a similar... Means um, of, of yes, type of um, you, you do find uh, some examples of that. I, I think the most common examples are actually uh, postcards, drawn postcards, also printed in full color, mm. uh, where you see Japanese uh, soldiers uh, in occupied territories uh, throughout East Asia and, and the Pacific. Uh, they did use text uh, balloons, so therefore they, they, they look more dynamic, as far as I can judge, because unfortunately I'm not able to, to read any, any uh, oh. Japanese. Uh, but there were also uh, Japanese comic books, the so-called manga, or the predecessors that were being uh, used, in which you see animal characters uh, going around uh, the occupied areas. Very different style. Uh, yeah, very different style. But why uh, is it course, then yeah. that the Germans didn't use mm -hmm. balloons and the Japanese and the uh, Americans did use them? Mm -hmm. I, I think that very much has to do with the tradition in which visual media were, were used. Uh, the Germans had, had a very strong tradition in using uh, visuals to tell narratives. I mean, Wilhelm Busch, for instance, uh, already did that in the 19th century, and they, they, they uh, kind of cling to that uh, tradition. There were some innovations made, but they were not very broadly shared in, in the German uh, publishers' uh, market. So I, I don't think, as it sometimes be, be, being uh, suggested, that uh, the Nazis had a kind of uh, principal uh, uh, attitude that comics were, were wrong or were mm. considered to be too American. But it was just not their way to, to uh, use the medium at that point in, in time. And they were directed yeah. at scouts or young people? Um, um, well, not necessarily scouts, because th those were already forbidden in, 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 in Germany uh, at the time. Uh, but they were mainly uh, targeted uh, at, at an audience of, of, of young readers. Uh, but that's, that's a guess, actually, because I mean, most of these uh, publications, they don't explicitly state uh, what is the intended age group of, of their readers. We do know from the American examples that a lot of American soldiers themselves uh, continue to read comics once they were fighting overseas. I mean, uh, a lot of youngsters, for instance, in, 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 in Germany, just after liberation, uh, managed to get uh, to obtain comics because they got them from the American GIs that had finished with, with reading uh, them. Can you say then that back then in the war, the comics were used for uh, mobilization of the state, of the people, for military mobilization? Um, and do you also see that now still, that comics can have a kind of mobilization uh, meaning in it? Yeah, I, I think they're still used like that. I mean, um, during the Second World War, but especially later on in the late 1950s, there, there was a new uh, comics medium uh, of, of war comics that, that emerged. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it started in the US in the 1940s, but in, in, in Europe, uh, it kind of uh, what was reawoken, if I can say that, in, in, from the late 1950s onwards. And it was very, very successful. I mean, a lot of uh, different series were published. I mean, not only in Great Britain, but also in France. Uh, they also translated in, into Dutch, into various Scandinavian uh, languages, so they were quite successful. And some of them still uh, are being published today. I mean, uh, Great Britain still has the so-called Commando Comics series mm. that's being published, I think, every, every two weeks. But even if you look outside of, of the Western world, I mean, India has its own uh, comic series about Indian war heroes. And then we're not only talking about people fighting during the Second World War, but also after the independence of uh, India. So they tell political stories. They, they tell political stories. Yeah. And I mean, even a country like Iran, uh, published a, a war comic, I think, like three weeks ago, 
about one of the uh, one of the soldiers from Iran that was actually uh, fighting in uh, Syria and being taken hostage and beheaded uh, by ISIS. Uh, and that's very much, I mean, presented, at least in, in, the, in the English news reports that I could find about it, very much presented as an, uh, a national hero mm -hmm. uh, whose example uh, should be follow up, uh, followed up mm -hmm. by, by, by other people from the very same uh, nation. Staying in this yeah. region, um, of course, we've, we've noted that Islamic State has been using a lot of propaganda. Mm -hmm. I think they're very effective in it. Did they also use this kind of media... Well, I, actually, I haven't seen any any examples of that. I mean, um, I, I've seen some digital copies of their their, their glossy. Yeah. Um, Tabik. But as far as I remember, I, there were no. That's the name of it, it. Tabik. Uh, Tabik. Yeah. That that doesn't mean that they are not uh, present. Uh, I mean, I, I can't cover everything. Uh, and once again, uh, Arabic is one of the many nations, uh, one of the many languages <laughs> which I can't read. Um, no, I mean, I, I do know that the war in Syria has been covered in, in comics and in graphic novels. But I don't know if, if, these, if any of those examples comes from the, the, the side of, of ISIS. Uh, it is interesting if you talk about to make an appeal to possible followers. Mm -hmm. Because you were talking about the Germans, yeah. about the Japanese, mm -hmm. perhaps the Americans, how they would do it. But then with Islamic State yeah. as an organization, which perhaps mm -hmm. has a very different ideology. Yeah and a way of doing things doesn't choose this, this particular media. Perhaps it has to do with Islamic tradition and history? Yeah. Is I, there a I, cultural I, thing? That, that, that might be. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that would be one of the reasons, but I also think that uh, comics are, of course, not the newest medium uh, around. I mean, uh, I, I, even though comics have become more popular in, let's say, the last decade, or perhaps even the last two decades, uh, thanks to the or invention, if you can put it that way, of the graphic novel. Uh, it, it's not as popular, it's not as widespread as it was in the 1950s, 60s and, and, and 70s. Uh, so perhaps... It, so they maybe uh, used YouTube more and... Oh, yeah, of course I, more because they didn't have it yeah, back then. That, that's more <laughs> common, uh, a more accessible medium, I think, to a lot. Okay, maybe we can go to the last topic to round it up. Uh, you've brought something, yes. three or four items. Can you tell us something about what you brought? Yeah, I, I, I brought, uh, apart from the, the, the picture of, of my dad, uh, three other items. Oh, you, uh, you brought the picture yeah, of your dad? I, I actually can, brought can you show it? Yeah. I, yeah. I show it. And describe it? And describe it? it actually, it, it's, oh, it's a, a small one. Yeah, it's a, it's a really small one. It, it, it's a, a kitty, as we say in Dutch. I'm okay. trying to get it out of the plastic. It kept us in excitement because I pictured yeah. like a very big yeah. one. Yeah, and now same it's, here. Yeah, it's the size maybe three by four centimeters. Yeah, yeah. it's hardly large. Yeah. It's like four stamps yeah. or something yeah. like that, and it's oh, wow. yeah. in plastic. It's actually contained also in an envelope, which was written by my father, and it shows my father had some humor as well. He wrote Kindergarten Widerstand on it, what which is mean? German for uh, kindergarten resistance. <laughs> uh, which is something that he did not invent itself. It comes, I think, from the uh, Code MB uh, TV series, uh, which is very popular in the 1980s in uh, the country. Uh, it, it, it does show my dad. Uh, well, not like I thought I remembered oh, on yeah. the shoulders of one of the soldiers, but actually... He must be like so there are two four soldiers. years old or something? Yeah, four or five years old, I guess. Uh, and he was born in, in May 36. This, then, this is somewhat earlier than I first thought, so in 1941, probably. Um, 
and this should be his older sister, uh, where in Switzerland, but she's only vis hardly, she, she's only partially visible. We only see the, the left part of her uh, body. Um, and yeah, whatever you can say uh, based upon this picture, it doesn't look as if there's really some, some, some... Uh, Violence uh, and wars going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they seem to be all very, very friendly uh, to, to each other. Yeah. Um, Do you know how, yeah. how your father feels about this picture once he got older? Yeah, he, he, he wasn't ashamed of it or, or anything. I mean, um, I, I actually would have expected him to feel more, more, yeah, say ambivalent uh, about it. Um, well, first of all, he was too young to, 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 to be made responsible for anything in that, that period, uh, I guess. Um, but no, I, I think he found it quite, quite interesting, but also because it was simply one of the few, if not the only, uh, visual source available of him during the war uh, period. Um, and I think the, the meaning for him might not go much further, much deeper than that, also because he simply doesn't know anything else about these two men uh, holding him yeah. uh, mm -hmm. in, yeah. uh, in, in the middle. So, yeah. And then you have... Uh, then I have another picture. Uh, as it says, it, it's Millie Perkins. Uh, she's, she's keeping a, a diary that I think we're all very familiar now uh, with. It, it, it's a diary of Anne Frank, as it's being presented in the uh, movie about Anne Frank that was made in the late 1950s. An American movie uh, about a Jewish girl in hiding, in hiding here with, with her family. Uh, it, it's a very famous movie, as we all know. And it's, it's a postcard, yeah. and it has a black and white picture on yeah. it. Can you describe it maybe a little bit? Uh, well, it's very black and white. Um, it, it actually doesn't say much. I mean, it only says Millie Perkins, 20th Century Fox, uh, which was the film uh, company. There's a woman on it. There's a woman on it, uh, looking somewhere far ahead. Uh, we can't really tell what she's looking at. It, it's it's kind of mysterious. Staring yeah. in a distance. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, well, very much, uh, I think, in that time, a recognizable uh, movie uh, star. Uh, we don't learn anything about the content of the, the diary. Um, it, 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 it's pretty dark. Um, and on the back of the card, it says Millie Perkins in Dutch plays the role of Anne in the movie The Diary of Anne Frank, 20th Century Fox, uh, forbidden to reprint. <laughs> uh, published by a, a firm in, in Utrecht. Um, I mean, it doesn't tell you anything about the story of Anne Frank. It doesn't tell you anything about the Holocaust. Uh, this card was actually never never used. It was never uh, sent. How did you get um, it? I think I bought it through eBay or Marktplatz or a similar kind of auction. Through uh, eBay, so, so years later. Yeah, yeah, many, many years uh, later. I mean, eBay is really one of the, the these great sources for, for uh, obtaining, uh, well, material from, from uh, the domain of uh, popular culture, popular historical uh, culture. Um, I brought it with me because I, I think it, it just shows that uh, a movie like Anne Frank to a lot of people, also the Postcards Basement, became a commodity. Uh, they were used, I mean, this one doesn't contain uh, any, any text, any information, but I think if you would find a copy that was sent, it probably would say, uh, cheers, uh, Anne or, or Pete yeah. or, or John. Uh, people use this all the time and it, it, it helps to show that the war was not always that, that meaningful in the decades after the war. I mean, for instance, I also have postcards 
that portray the American uh, military cemetery in, in Margraad, in the southern mm -hmm. part of the country. And people used to visit that when they were uh, going on holidays in, in, in the province of Limburg. And they, they usually wrote on, on the postcard of the Margaret Cemetery that they were having a good time in the southern part of the country. Mm. I mean, it was part of their, their, their uh, leisure culture. Um, and okay, that may seem surprising, perhaps, but on the other hand, I think that very clearly shows that the war was one of many topics that were constantly dealing with and that people yeah. were also dealing with in the 1950s and, uh, and the 1960s. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think if we, if we try to uh, find out what the meaning is of the war to, to, to various post-war uh, generations in, in various post-war societies. We also have to keep track of this somewhat, yeah, rather superficial ways in which the war was also uh, present uh, quite quite often. It also brought, brought two yeah, comic two, two, books. Two, two I, books. I, I uh, yeah, w one of them is indeed a comic, the uh -huh. other one uh, is a kind of uh, sticker book uh, for mm -hmm. young artists. Uh, this is one of the earliest uh, post-war comics that was uh, published in the Netherlands. Uh, it was priced one guilder and 25 in, cents. Yes, uh, which was not that cheap, I think, actually. Uh, after, uh, can you uh, describe it, how it looks? Yeah, it, 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 it's, uh, it, it's in black and white. Uh, it, it, it's not very, very big. It, it, it's smaller than a regular uh, sheet of, of paper. And quite thin, I think, as well. It was right? quite thin, yeah. I think it contains like 30 uh, yeah. pages. Um, it, it's made by an artist uh, who used the name of uh, Tom van Tast. Uh, which is a name, a uh, pseudonym that he already used before the war, but of course it, it appeals to the whole uh, idea of uh, fantasy, fantasia. Oh, yeah. um, but it's, it's kind of a, a serious overview of the experiences during uh, the war. Uh, it, it's titled 1945, uh, an end to the suffering of, of, of the nation, uh, and it therefore also, it, uh, therefore also references to uh, the, the, the um, ATS uh, war, the Dutch revolt in the 16th century. And the, the subtitle is Hip Hip Hooray, We're Free Again. Uh, and okay, the, the word strip, uh, strip book, the Dutch equivalent of comic, did not really exist at the time. So it's called an Oorlogsprente uh, book, a war picture uh, book. Um, and it shows a lot of happy people uh, around it, so there's definitely an element of, of, mm -hmm. of happiness, of, of fun uh, in it. Um, it also shows the suffering during uh, the war. Um, but also, um, it, 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 it's different from, let's say, the narrative that we are um, used to uh, in, in, in these days. Uh, for instance, if you do open the book, uh, it, it starts May 1940, and then it uh, shows uh, a lot of uh, people uh, suffering under two boots. And one of the boots is, of course, the one of the Germans, but the other one, uh, perhaps even more present throughout the narrative of this book, is of the Dutch National Socialist Party. And so clearly, the these, these shoes collaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if you see that the the, the the anger in the book is directed much more towards the Dutch National Socialists than it is uh, to the German uh, yeah. Nazis which I think very much resembles the, the, the atmosphere of, of the time. Yeah, of the uh, direct uh, after time of the war. Yeah, exactly. And there's, of course, a lot of interest in, in the suffering of uh, the Dutch nation. But if you look uh, specifically at uh, the fate of, of the Jews during the German occupation, that's only mentioned in, in one tiny little part, uh, which is actually here. So that is in one of the first pages. But it's just a tree that uh, contains the, this uh, sign which says uh, forbidden for, for Jews, 
which refers, of course, to the period in, in, in 41 or 42 when public parks were uh, not to be accessed by, by the Jewish uh, population. But that's the only reference in this entire comic that uh, tells you anything about, about the Holocaust. Oh. So it really has a very selective way of, of representing and remembering uh, the war. Probably uh, 10 years later, it would look totally different. So maybe there will be more attention to the German occupation instead mm -hmm. of the uh, National Socialist yes, Party. Yes, I, I think so, yeah. yeah. And I'd probably more interest as well in the uh, position of the Dutch resistance yeah. uh, mm -hmm. movements. Uh, not that much uh, interest yet in, in, the, in, uh, in the Holocaust because it only started in the 1960s mm. and didn't get, let's say, a full level character until the 1980s. Um, but a lot of yeah, daily uh, experiences during the war are, are being uh, shown, how people uh, lost property, uh, uh, how hard it was to, to obtain food and, 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 and cigarettes and things uh, like that. There's also yeah. a lot of pictures stuffed in one place, is it because yeah, of yeah. the... It's very yeah, condensed. Yeah. yeah, because there wasn't a lot of paper back then? I, I do think it has to do with the shortage of paper, yes, yeah. uh, very much. It's it also part of the style, because uh, Tom van Tast uh, used to work for a weekly magazine called the Haagse Post uh, before uh, the Second World War, and uh, the style which he uses is quite similar to that, but it, it, it's more condensed mm -hmm. indeed than it was uh, before uh, the war. Uh, there are, of course, a lot of soldiers, a lot of uniforms to be shown, uh, but it's mainly very much about the civilians, the Dutch uh, civilians. It's about food. Here we see uh, the depiction of, of bread. Um, here it's about uh, soap uh, that was not available. Uh, here the problem with, with, with uh, the lack of tobacco. It's very much about the day-to-day -day, uh, con concerns. Uh, here it's about uh, public transportation. Uh, and there's a lot of bicycles in it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> very much, yes. I mean, it, it, it's very Dutch as well in that uh, regard. Uh, and yeah, it, it, I, I think for the people uh, who, who bought this in, in the second half of 1945, it must have been very, very uh, recognizable. Uh, but it also shows that it, it's really done with, with a lot of humor. I mean, uh, it, it definitely shows that people are very happy, we're very relieved that it's all uh, behind uh, them now, that it's all part of the past. Uh, at the same time, they were already uh, able to make fun of it from the very first moment uh, the war had, had ended. Um, we're, we're now looking at the pages, but, but also it may actually be quite controversial from the perspective of the now. For you sure, see, yeah. You yeah, see yeah, the yeah, depiction yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of black people, maybe you can say something about that? Yeah, no, I mean, this is, of course, highly stereotypical. I mean, uh, we see some black people here uh, being uh, shown and also uh, linked to the topic of the black market. I guess that's where the connection uh, comes from. But it's of course in, in, in a very negative, stereotypical uh, way. Uh, this certainly couldn't be published anymore uh, nowadays. Uh, but I think it was uh, a very common visual language uh, used in, in the 1940s. I mean, uh, of course, you, you could try to link this to the kind of stereotypes that were also being used in National Socialist ideology. But it goes back way beyond that. I mean, it's also things that you can find in Dutch comics from the 1920s and, and the 1930s. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's anything but 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 subtle. Uh, <laughs> we, we can we can say, um, and yeah, it, it, it's um, yeah. I mean, this is how it ends. I mean, it's all very nationalistic, all patriotic. It's about uh, the Dutch royal family, Oranje Boven, uh, Leef Wilhelmin, uh, Long Live the Queen. Um, and here, I think this is also very telling. I mean, uh, this is uh, victory 
being uh, portrayed uh, through the availability of, of food, I mean, of animals that, that can be eaten. There's of, a pick of with a fork in his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very much the, the expectation of the, the post-war uh, world. I mean, it, it's very much about uh, the positive interpretations from what was about uh, to come after the liberation, after these five years of, uh, of suffering. Um, and yeah, it, it, it seems to suggest that people were able at least many readers of this were able to, to forget about the war, to laugh about it and to continue, um, by which it of course ignored how severely uh, people were, were attached by, by their experiences uh, during uh, the occupation, be the Netherlands or elsewhere in, in occupied uh, territory. I see you're looking at, at the other book that I bought. Uh, this is so-called Sticker Dressing uh, Second World War. In color. Uh, in full color, which includes, as it states, over 170 stickers to get soldiers, sailors, and pilots ready for action. Uh, <laughs> when does this one this go was published? I think quite recently. Um, I'm trying to see. It says uh, 2012, which is a few years ago. And it contains a warning. It says, not suitable for children under 36 months due to small parts. <laughs> Oh. But so only due to small part, it doesn't have anything to do with the wow. content of it. Uh, but the posters just don't want to be responsible for you or your children swallowing and one of these stickers. And it starts with the Second World War. Yeah, it starts with the Second World War. It tells you that it broke out in 1939 when, when the Germans invaded uh, Poland, that it uh, took six years. Uh, there's also a map of the world, the world at, at war. Um, and then it goes on to show you all kinds of uniforms uh, by all different parties. Um, so. It shows you here the uniforms of the Germans invading Poland, uh, the Royal Air Force during the Blitz in 1940. There are only uh, men in it, right? Yes, no women. Yeah. It's a very male approach, uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, there is a dog included, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's as far as the diversity goes uh, here. Capture at sea. Yeah. So, uh, okay, the Allies can sometimes lose a battle, but of course in the end they win, as we all uh, know. A D-Day is here and then the island battles, and then finally taking uh, Berlin. This really wants to, to get you involved, I think, in the various battles of the Second World War. You, you see men in their underwear, uh, and you can actually dress them by uh, applying the right uh, stickers. So that tells you, you haven't done so yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Are you I, planning I, to do it? Or? Uh, no, actually not, uh, because I, I see that this as a historical source. So I'd like to keep it uh, as, as intact as as. You don't have a secret possible. double? <laughs> uh, even if I would, I wouldn't probably be mentioning that here now. No, trust me, I, I don't have it. Um, but I, I mean, I, I find it quite interesting. I, I've seen it as a gift, but I've also seen it uh, available in various uh, museum shops in, in, in northern France, uh, also in, in the UK. I think the Imperial War Museum has it in its uh, collection. Um, I, Do you see this yeah. kind of material also as a mobilization of the state right now? Like to get, well, in this case, boys, I think, because there are yeah. only men in it, but mm -hmm. more, um, yeah, that they get more attention for war? And yeah, I, I think that's definitely one of the ways in which it can be read. Uh, I mean, it, it does mobilize uh, them. I mean, it, it, it doesn't uh, make it more more, more uh, difficult. I mean, it doesn't criticize uh, the war. No. It simply sees it as, as an existing effect in which you seem to be uh, participating in a kind of, well, let's say, post-conflict uh, way by, by, by using these, these stickers. And is there attention for uh, victims? 
No, it's, I mean this is this is purely military. Yeah. Uh, I mean even, even the military victims are, are not portrayed. Uh, a term like like uh, trauma do doesn't pop up uh, at all. Uh, no, I mean it, it does show some violence. It does show some impact of violence, but it is of course in in in, in uh, burning buildings, not so much in in in, in physical uh, uh, impact on, on on the human body or or anything. So no, it's of course a very very superficial uh, representation of of war. Do you see this as problematic? I mean, would you give yes. this to your child or no? <laughs> no, no, I I wouldn't give this to my to my child uh, because it, it's simply too. It, it's too simplistic, yeah. that there's no critical approach in it whatsoever. It seems to kind of glorify the war, I mean, it doesn't uh, problematize it in, in, in any uh, way. Um, and it, it doesn't help you to learn much about the war, I mean, it tells you where a number of battles going on, it may tell you which, which nations or these, which armies were involved. And it does tell you which uniforms the soldiers were wearing at, at the time. <laughs> but that, that's also where it ends. I mean, yeah. it doesn't bring you any further than, than that. Yeah, it doesn't uh, tell you what choices people have to make or what war it does. Yeah, to exactly. I mean, it, yeah. it helps you to, 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 to show the, the omnipresence of the Second World War in, in today's society. Uh, in this case, British and American society. But yeah, also in Dutch society, it, it's still present uh, almost anywhere. Uh, and... and I think it's very important for us to, to, to be aware of that and to realize that and to try to reflect on it, to see um, how, well, for instance, how inclusive the, those representations of the war uh, are, uh, to what extent they are actually changing, uh, to what extent they go beyond the, the, the military aspects or the aspects of the, the, the resistance. Um, but I think it also shows you that there's a lot of continuity in these, these images as well. I mean, a book like that, uh, if, if stickers would have been available uh, in 1945, could also have been published right after the war or even during uh, the war. Um, and at the same time, I mean, you can of course find very, very critical narratives of, of the war. You can find a lot of individual stories of, of, of the, the German occupation. You can find individual stories about uh, the Holocaust, uh, which, which get you a much better understanding of what war was actually like and also give you some kind of understanding of their post-war impact. Uh, but a lot of publications like this uh, won't tell you anything about, huh? uh, about it. Case, we see you walking around this building at the NEOs very often with carrying your comic books and, um, and, and all your materials and, and we know you as a, as a ferocious collector of the, of the materials. I, I remember I even brought you some, some comic books from, from Rwanda but yes. you ask other yeah. colleagues who go to Southeast Asia to bring you um, comic books. So you're, you're very much um, a connoisseur of, of the genre. What is your ultimate recommendation to the listener? And maybe perhaps one for the academic listener and one perhaps for the more general um, interested listener who is interested in, in war but also in, in, in the genre. So, so we give you two options to, to share with us. Okay, which means two tough questions to answer. Um, <laughs> I never said it was going to be easy. <laughs> Okay, let, let's give it a try. Um, well, to the academic listener, I would like to, to recommend uh, the importance of taking popular media serious. Um, I know everyone is aware of their existence. I mean, even as academics, we also uh, have spare time every now and then, and we not only read academic uh, monographs or, or, or uh, articles in, in famous journals, uh, we do tend to see movies, we, we may perhaps read comics as well. 
Um, I think we should try to figure out uh, how how different uh, they can be from what is usually presented in the historiography. Mm. I think it's also good trying to reflect on what their impact has been and can still be uh, nowadays. And also um, we should realize that uh, the impact that we have with our academic output uh, might be somewhat less than a lot of more popular publications actually uh, manage to achieve with their audiences. And I, I don't mean that uh, as a kind of uh, way to, to see it as, a, as competition. I mean, I'm, I'm not competing here as an academic with, with Steven Spielberg or with Art Spiegelman. <laughs> uh, but, but I do think it's okay uh, to be aware of, of, of the differences and also to be aware of what actually we, we may have in, in common. In, in, which which comics should the academic pick up from a library or from the store to start with to, to um, familiarize her or himself with the genre very good question um, well I, I, I really find that an impossible question I mean there, there, there's so many great appealing uh, amazing comics uh, one of the latest ones that I've been reading was a British one called uh, A New Jerusalem, which is actually about uh, a soldier, a British soldier who comes back after having fought in uh, Europe in 1945, and then uh, is severely traumatized, uh, isn't talking about what he experienced, and is actually now uh, beating up his wife and uh, making uh, the life of his son uh, in, into hell. And it's shown from the perspective of, of that son, so it's not a regular war comic, uh, but it's highly uh, recommendable uh, to read. Uh, I wish I could come up with the name of the author right now. I'm afraid I can't uh, remember that. Uh, but a new Jerusalem and graphic novel or comic book should be uh, sufficient information to, to, to look it up. Mm. Uh, you can email me and I can put it in I, I will later. Do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the recommendation for the uh, more broader audience? The recommendation for the broader audience is that. Um, well, maybe it, it, it can be interesting trying to see how they combine their various sources of information about uh, the Second World War. Because, I mean, a lot of people do attend commemoration ceremonies uh, here in the Netherlands on, on May the 4th and, and May the 5th. Uh, almost everyone, of course, is being presented with this uh, general historic overview of the Second World War when she or he attends uh, school. Uh, but all these people also see uh, war movies, they read comics, uh, they probably hear narratives being told by their grandparents or great-grandparents. Um, but they also make fun of the war every now and then. I mean, uh, they see all kind of funny videos on, on YouTube. Um, and this roast you now have on uh, Yeah, there's this Anne Frank uh, roast, roast which I haven't seen. Oh yeah, uh, yeah so the other week. It's available on Dutch Netflix because I haven't found it so far. But, uh, you have to find yeah. your ways on the internet okay. to, to be able to watch it. I, I, it's on Netflix, yeah, yeah you okay. can find it, yeah. But I haven't seen it all, but I didn't find it really yeah. offensive actually, yet. But I didn't I'm not find sure. it funny actually. No, I didn't find very, it funny. It's very American, mm -hmm. yeah. perhaps I'm not so much enticed to laugh yeah. about American jokes. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm curious to see it, but I haven't seen it yeah. so far. But I mean, I, I do think there are a lot of examples in which uh, the war is not taken that serious. I mean, there, there used to be this uh, very famous British TV show, Allo Allo, yeah. uh, broadcasted in, in the Netherlands. And, and I'm not sure if it's broadcast in, in France. I do know it was, was presented on German television mm -hmm. uh, as well. And it does show that at, at the same time, we, we, we uh, see a very serious uh, portrayal of the war. 
uh, as, as we encounter in those uh, commemoration ceremonies, but also we, we see it uh, being made fun of. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's all, of course acceptable, uh, certainly after so many decades after the end of the war, uh, but it's also part of a, of a longer tradition. I mean, war was already made fun of in, in 1945, as we just uh, saw when we were talking about the comic book. And I think, uh, well, maybe people should realize that the war play, plays different roles uh, nowadays. Um, so maybe that can help to, to get a more uh, sharp understanding of what the war actually means to us as society, but also that the, the importance of the war can differ from, from person to person, uh, as well as from, from time uh, to time. After the recording of this podcast, Kes emailed me the author of the comic A New Jerusalem. It's Benjamin Dixon.